It's Thursday night, which means it's trade talk. I'm joined by Matty G, as always, from Inside uh, Insight Fantasy Sports, as well as Big Horse, his first time on the show in a little while. Uh, I think he has been on the show before, but it, it has been a while. Uh, so we're just going to talk about some trades, hypothetical trades, and some news that has gone down in the last 24, 48 hours. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. I think you've become bad. Almost as if something is moving below us. Act a little peculiar and you're an outsider. Perhaps you've always been bad. Uh-huh. We are programmed to bring you a live broadcast from the West of Funk and now resurrected Lost Art. Don't you feel it? Brego. Welcome to the Bulls Deep. International Balls Deep International Balls Deep Podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. I'm Adam King at Adam King91. I'm a fully sick dude, apparently. Um, just throwing in some jargon there from, from Australia. It's a bit of an Aussie show. This one has a bit of an Aussie theme. Uh, this is the third one, I believe, that we've done. Uh had a Matty G every week with me, and then we cycle through a third guest, and we've got Big Horse with us. Today, I'll start with you, Horse. Uh, you have been on the show before, that's right, isn't it? Yes, yes, in the pre-season. In the pre-season, but, uh, yeah. Not during the season, yeah. So, yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Appreciate it. No, no worries. Uh, how have you been? Pretty good. I haven't even spoken to you for a while, so... Um, no, no, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, pretty good, mate. Pretty, um, pretty intense NBA season so far. We've seen the highs and lows of a team that we'll speak about, the Warriors, go from such extreme highs and then through suspensions into what seems like rookies hitting walls, second-year players having arguments into Steph and people booing Clay into the rise of some really nice second- and third-year players. So it's been interesting so far. And, uh, and G, good to have you back on the show again. Um, G'day, mate. We've got, our, we've got our beverages in hand. I've got – which one did you bring to the party this I've week? I've gone tropical again today. You see, it was interesting. They have a strawberry and lime, and I couldn't find my forward one uh, to throw this bad boy in. But I, I, I bought back the ginger today, yeah. the, uh, the the little fat lamb ginger. It is a delicious drop, and I feel like I'm in high school. It's 2.4 standard drinks, so let's get ready to uh... – <laughs> That's why I buy them, because it's like double the strength of other drinks, and it's the same price. So It is a kick in my teeth and in my balls deep, so I'm ready yeah. to go. Geez, if we went back to high school, man, I'd have the blue Kirakao and lemonade going. I'd have oh, the, God. Uh, Fire trucks. Yeah, Stolly Blacks. Not- Do you remember the Stolly Blacks, the double, yeah. when they released the Stolly, you know, like Ruskies. Yep. Ruskies were it. And then we went from Ruskies to double Blacks, and our parents all got collectively scared at the exact same time. Yeah. They had uh, – there was a, a phase here in Canberra. Um, it was probably – Probably late 90s, I would say. I, I was probably, I probably just finished high school. Maybe I was still there. So maybe when I was 16, 17. And one of the pubs here in Canberra, um, once a week, it was a Wednesday, maybe. I would like to think it was a Wednesday night. They did dollar cruises. And, oh, no. and oh, the no. responsible serving of alcohol didn't exist then. So you could just walk to the bar and go, I'll have yep. 20 cruises. And they'd give you a tray <laughs> with 20 cruises. <laughs> And that and that was your night. You just sat on your twenty cruises for the night, and off you went. So. Shout out to Mick. Do you have anything like that down your way, like cult clubs like that for kids? Like when you were not oh. kids, but obviously when you were a young buck. <laughs> no, we we used to have the old snake bites. In uh, snake so I grew bites. up in a a town called Lakes Entrance in Victoria, 
uh, it's on the far east coast. And what it is, it's it's a Carlton draft in a pot glass or a schooner glass, and then you put in some strongbow and then a little bit of raspberry on top of that. Oh that used to be the drink of choice. Yeah, yeah. and that, they were only happier. They were only a dollar. We used to belt them down like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, shout out to the Gold Coast and uh, the party nightclub that was under cocktails and dreams. Uh, dollar drinks Thursday nights, and it was like a not like a metal bar, but it was like an alternative rock club kind of okay. pub. So you go down there and you just scream some Green Day or Metallica out the top of your lungs and have dollar yeah. drinks until five AM because responsible service of alcohol. What's that? That's right. It wasn't around. Yeah, we uh, being quite tall. Like obviously, I'm six foot six. I was pretty tall when I was in in high school, so I was well over six foot when I was 15. So we were getting into clubs when we were sort of 15, 16. And, uh, yeah. and our local club was the private bin. Um, it wasn't a it wasn't a classy establishment at all. Uh, floor bin. was very sticky. And uh, we happened to know one of the girls we went to school with, her sister worked behind the bar. So she would give us uh, illusion shakers for $2. Oh, oh, um, yes. yeah, so the dream. Yeah, we always, always had a fun night. Uh, then and, and then stumbled stumbled to school the next day. So <laughs> what you do here in Canberra, I suppose, not much else to do. Should we responsibly make some trades and do some news? I think we should be like res- like do something we more should. responsible than drinking. We should do like NBA news. Yeah, let, let's do that because uh, Aussies aren't all about drinking. <laughs> no, are you sure? Not always. Not always. Um, all right. So yeah. So a little bit of news just before we dive into the trades. So we've had some injuries in the last forty eight hours. Um, most of these have been sort of discussed and people have made the uh, appropriate ads and pickups, but uh, I'll just roll through them quickly. Jakob Pertle out for a couple of weeks uh, or re-evaluated in a couple of weeks with an ankle. Halliburton likewise re-evaluated in a couple of weeks with his hamstring. Jarmorant out for the season. Cade Cunningham re-evaluated in seven to ten days, let's say two weeks as well. Um, so I'll start with Morant because he's done for the season. So the picker, I think, and, and of all these guys, I think it's probably the one where there isn't someone that we had to prioritise. Um, did you guys make any moves? Did you notice anything in your leagues? Like, were, were people splashing money on on anyone stupidly, or, or they? All I can, I, I can answer. I can answer that to one degree, just just by sheer fluke. Kingy, I took Morant in. Uh, I think it was Mick and our, you know, my friends and family league on Yahoo. I took him in ninety sixth. Um, at the beginning of the year, knowing there's no IR spot, I took him with the whole thing that I would have to wait 25 games and just l- take my lumps and get my Ws and my, my wins up where I could. And I saw Trey Jones on the waiver wire. So I'm just looking for point guards around the league who can give me things back. I happen to pick up randomly Trey Jones the day that the injury. So I, w- I streamed in Trey Jones. I think just the day before when he was going to be out for the day, just so I had another point guard to up my assist for the week and get that win there which I needed and I did. And so I managed to pick up him. So I don't think you're looking for anyone in the Grizzlies. I just think you're looking around that who's who's on the wire right now, point guard wise. And I think Trey Jones, and I looked today, he was only 57% added, sorry, 57% added in Yahoo leagues. So I think he's a shout just as a point guard option right now, but no one's screaming out as an ad from, from the Grizz, Mick. No, not at all. We saw that Vince Williams, was it, got a three-year deal. mil, I think it was. So congratulations to him on the G League call-up and now getting guaranteed money. But we saw an increase in usage with Smart and Bain. So they may be your go-tos for the next foreseeable future there. Yeah, their value's gone up. 
yeah, I think, uh, yeah, smart. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, he, he um, dislocated his finger yesterday. So hopefully that's yep. not like, I mean, God, yeah, we've okay. all had a dislocated finger. Hopefully that yep. it might mean like two games or something. We don't know. Um, there's, it doesn't sound like there's a fracture or it was a sort of a, a compound dislocation or anything like that. So um, a bit of a pain thing. He'll try and play through it. I would assume he's a pretty tough guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no one really on the Grizzlies. Um, Vince Williams is, is probably probably the one if you had to pick one. Um, yeah. But, yeah, again, it's not. we saw what he could do for the first 25 games and he was sort of borderline. He's okay to roster. So, yeah. Um, a stream target more than a rosteral spot. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so jumping back to Jakob Pertl, uh out for two, well, two weeks at least, a lot of people ran and got Chris Boucher. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I was not one of them. Um, I'm not that high on him. I know, I know he's per-minute stuff. He's good, but he's he's a bit older, and I just, I just don't think he can play big minutes. If you watch him defensively and um, watching him yesterday, I think it was – I think he had three turnovers on three consecutive yeah. possessions. Like he's yeah, just he's, he's not not a guy that, and that's why no other team has tried to take him or anything like that. So, yeah. um, surprisingly, it was Thad Young who started yeah. yesterday and today. Yeah. Um, I picked him up in one league. If you did pick him up, he's not going to score, so don't expect points from him. But you'll get some rebounds. You'll get some defensive stuff. He's a he's a sneaky assist guy. Um, and then obviously and he can a, stretch the floor for them too. And he can stretch the floor. Like yeah, he's yeah. yeah, he's a guy who can really, you know, stretch it out for them a little bit more. And I, it's definitely Mick, I know that you love the Raptors, mate, and especially your homie Scotty Barnes. Mm-hmm. So just seeing how he complements that unit of really, you know, lanky, wily, cagey defenders, I think he fits in really well there. Yeah, spot on. I think, you know, you took one or two threes a game, but King has nailed it with his defensive stats. He's just he's sneaky. Yep. He doesn't do anything over the top, but he ends up with one or two a game. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just bringing up the box score because I was stupidly busy. At work, uh, so I eight eight points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals today on four or five shooting from the yep. floor. He missed his only three. Didn't get to the line once. Uh, yeah, but look, yep. he he looked comfortable out there. Twenty three minutes, and they interchanged him with Gary Trent running a small ball lineup for a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not, and and, and I mean this was. Um, uh, against the Clippers, who who run sort of a few different lineups as well, and, and I don't think like Thad Young can't play thirty minutes. He's too old. So, um, yeah. twenty four to twenty six minutes—that's probably enough. Um, I'd say in a if he's going to start and continue to start for the next two weeks, I'd say in deeper leagues, go and grab him in, in a twelve, stream him in if you need some defensive stuff. Yeah, 100%. Um, Halliburton—it was obviously the big one. We were a bit concerned that um, the reaction and the the way he was sort of chaired out by his teammates mm-hmm. and it's towel over the head. It looked like the end of the world. Only two weeks or two weeks till he's reevaluated. Um, people ran out and picked up TJ McConnell. Uh, I, you had a record I in the, you had a record, didn't you? In the, what was it? The industry pickup league. Wasn't it a record paid today? 350 plus bucks for him as a waiver wire target. Uh, someone might've, um, I haven't. I think someone, Mitch. I think Mitch Casey. I think Mitch Casey tweeted out today that he was. I know in the FBI World Cup as well, he went for a lot of cash off it. Mitch actually tweeted it out today. I'm sure of it, and it was three hundred and something. It was like a record for the league, which is massive. Here we go. Uh, three hundred and fifty-three dollars to Roto to at Roto Mike Barner, the biggest 
wa- waiver wire pickup of the year so far? Uh, yes. So he he was, wow. and I picked up Thad Young in that league for twenty bucks. So um, <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. And look, I think I sort of said on uh, I was on a show uh, between two hoops. I think it's called a new show that I was on yesterday. Um, we talked about this, and I said Halliburton is obviously the one people have gone and, and grabbed him. People might stress a little bit because he didn't start, and I didn't actually think he would start. I said on that show, I bet Nembhard starts. Halliburton, uh, sorry, McConnell will come off the bench and play 22, 24 minutes, but he'll do more in those minutes. And I think we saw a perfect example of that today. McConnell had eight assists and two steals, and that's what you picked him up for, assists and steals. So, um, yeah, I think if you grabbed McConnell, you're going to get more than two weeks. I, I mean, I don't know what you boys think, but hamstrings are, are tricky. It didn't look like a great mm-hmm. one. So I'd expect no. Halliburton to miss more than two weeks. Yeah. I've I've done both a grade one and a tendon hamstring before. The tendons are, what, your 12 to 14 weeks, but your grade yeah. ones, you're looking at, geez, six weeks, I reckon, especially like a, a high-end athlete like him that's got the, the best available resources to come back as soon as possible. He's not getting back before four weeks. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I, I said. I, I think I'm expecting probably a month of value from TJ McConnell. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, look, maybe Halliburton blows us away. I'd like to, back, I'd like to, I'd like to float someone out there to both of you and just think if I'm insane or not. But there's already someone on the roster today, and I had a look at it, and I've, I've did a little, not a feature, but when I was doing the recap today for the chase down over on the Insight uh, show that I do, I actually looked at Bruce Brown being a really cheeky little pickup because today he only with the 27 minutes, obviously it's by committee there, but 16, nine, six, a steal and a block five of 11 perfect from the free throw line. So he was being more aggressive in the offense there, but interestingly enough, he's gone down 1% ownership in Yahoo leagues in the past 24 hours, which I thought was really interesting because I just look, he's been like, he was injured. He came back. And I just thought that was an interesting drop for some guys. So obviously, it might be in a 10 or a 12-teamer where he's gone down. But I expected him to be more owned than 58%, which means he is going to be readily available. And I just think with the money that they paid him and the impetus that they put on him to be part of the offense, I think he might return some value. And he's around in the league. So I would definitely be looking out for Bruce Brown because he fits the point guard, he pitches shooting guard, and your small forward options. And yeah, I think he's definitely a look to be some sneaky value where the focus was on Nemhard and TJ McConnell. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. If he was available, absolutely go and grab him. Um, yeah. I, I mean, he's he's rostered. I would say in, in most competitive leagues. But yeah, if, he, if he's available, uh, go yeah. and get him. Um, and then Cade Cunningham. Um, as I said, I think we're looking at two weeks here, um, yep. and the priority order seems to have sort of fallen into place. I think we had sort of um, Jaden Ivy as your priority if he's available, but a little bit like Bruce Brown, he's probably not in most. Um, competitive leagues, then it was Killian Hayes and or um, Alec Burks, depending on whether you need points or whether you need some assists and steals because that's what they're going to give you. And then Marcus Sasser in deeper leagues. I think that's probably the order. Um, any any thoughts on that? No, I think you've, you've nailed it there. Killian Hayes for the assists and steals, but terrible for field goal percentages. So if you're looking to shore that up, you're not picking him up. Uh, Sass is an interesting one, though. As they continue to lose and start resting players, I anticipate he'll get more minutes moving forward. Yep. Um, all right. Next bit of news. Just, and this is it's not really news. Siakam was – he went from 
in to questionable to out with back spasms. Is this leading to a trade? There's been a lot of talk about the Kings, um, a couple of other teams that are interested. I think he might be on the way out in the next couple of days, um, given this news. Any? Have I missed anything? As I said, I was oddly busy at work today, which I'm not used to, and so I missed <laughs> a lot of basketball stuff. No, look, he definitely came down with the case of the Ben Simmonses today, which was mm. a bit of a surprise as he moved up the injury report. The one thing that I was a bit curious by was that he was giving – he was – it kind of got lost in the whole Kawhi Leonard got paid $152 million for three years today. So Kawhi is a $50 million man a season. Yep. That was pretty much the big news. But just before that one, it was the room that, rumors that, that Siakam was looking for nothing shorter than a max contract or he doesn't want to go to that one, otherwise he's going to walk. So I think that comes with a bit of buyer beware. Yeah, Mick, you're 100. Like, yeah, yeah, he, that came out. Like, so if you don't want to go to a team, I don't think there's going to be many teams that mortgage their future that aren't going to offer him that contract. It's kind of not so much the Dallas Mavericks Kyrie bit from last year where there's a contract and a talk or the Harden thing and contract talk. He's just widely said that he wants max money wherever he goes. If you don't get it, you're going to basically give up all your assets to get me. And that's where apparently the Kings have diverged yet again from being out. They came back to the table. And so they don't see Kings as a long-term fit and he doesn't no. see them as a long-term. Mm. So he is saying that he doesn't see them as a long-term fit because they can't pay him because their money's going to be in Keegan Murray. So Mick, you don't reckon he's going there by any way, do you? I, I don't think so. But if we think back a few, few years ago to the Chris Webber scenario where he did not want to go there, he ended up there and loved it there mm. and yeah. stayed. So Lovely part of the world. You just you don't know, do you? But yeah, no. I I don't anticipate that he's going to Sacramento, especially when money's going to be tied up in Sabonis, Fox, and Mo and sorry, Keegan Murray moving forward. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, see what next week when we do back on the show. See whether he has moved or whether he really had a back injury. Although I, I will add to that though, just for a bit of spice with the Kings, Kevin Herder only played one minute today and then was pulled. Yep. He Is did. that coincidental because Siakam missed as well and then? Yeah. Well, well yeah, again, we'll see. We'll see yeah. if we're just we'll see jumping to conclusions here and, and seeing things that aren't there or whether we're right on the money. Can I just um, can I be honest? How fun would that lineup at the Sacramento Kings be, though? Like that, if you put Pascal Siakam on that team, that's a really – like that's a lot of extra mobility, switchability on defense that Sabonis doesn't have. They can even play small ball five with Pascal at points in time. It's it's a really long team, yeah. apart from, obviously, De'Aaron Fox. But, yeah, that, that comes in really handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, they need to make a move because they're – I think have teams to. have figured them out and, and Sabonis is a liability um, on yeah. that end of the floor. So we'll see. Um, I just popped Jalen Johnson in here because he was really good today and he's oh, been right. really good and I think he's going to be really good. Uh, he's he's up to 31st in nine category leagues for the season. Wow. Um, almost a first rounder over the last month. 15th ranked player, 18 and 11 with four assists, a steal, half a block, 57% yep. and 91%, 1.33s. Wow. Um, what do we think? I guess looking ahead, we're still a long way away next season. And, and I mean, spoiler, we might have him on one of our matchups next week, but. He is um, already. Spoiler alert, I am doing him versus we should, who do you want him with Jalen Williams? Mick, you, you called this you called this out with Braino uh at the beginning of our Hawks preview. You just love what this guy could bring to the table. Oh, he's just so versatile, isn't he? He does it on both ends of the floor. He can shoot. He's got hops. His defense is awesome. He, his ability to read lanes, he gets blocks. 
there's nothing this bloke can do. And now that John Collins has gone, it's given him a chance to shine. And now look at him flourish. He's potentially, after Murray gets moved, he's going to be the number two option on that offense. 100%. Yeah. yeah. No, he's been – I think he's probably going to go next year, I would say probably third round, um, fourth round, like around 30, 35, I think. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, yep. Somewhere in there. Uh, and then I just threw this upside. one yeah. in. Warriors looking the like that he gave you this year, but geez, oh my god, aren't they looking so bad? They look bad. They look terrible. Um, that was. Did you know today was their biggest loss ever under the Steve Kerr era? It's not surprising. They've yeah, they've just been. I mean, body language doesn't look great. Uh, I mean, Draymond's got to come back, obviously, but yeah. I don't really see him as a a big difference maker anymore. Um, yeah. Their rookies were good there, like Pajemski and um, um, Moody. Moody. Well, Moody, when he's in the rotation, he looks all right. What's yeah, Trace Jackson, uh, oh, Trace Jackson, Jackson Davis. Davis. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's looking. He's looking real nice. They look all right. Yeah, but I mean, they're rookies, so you can't rely on them every night. Um, and, and we're seeing that. So, I don't know. Like, are we concerned in terms of where the the Warriors end this season? I'm just pulling up the standings to. Yeah, I think they're almost cooked. Like I, I've been a big fan of this team for a long time, but yeah. when when you look at like the plus minuses from today, Podziemski in twenty five minutes minus thirty one, but after yeah. nineteen minutes he was minus thirty six. Mm. To me, that's that's a rookie wall that's been hit big time. Minus yeah. thirty six in less than two quarters of basketball. Wowee! Yeah, and it's the body it's... language, like you said as well. It just doesn't look good. No. For a team that, like, let's talk about, like, we talk about these guys as a legacy team. Currently, they're sitting at 17 and 20. They've lost their last two games. I mean, the Grizzlies could catch up to them without Ja Moran at this pace, to be fair. Like, mm. if you look at who's, if you look at who's beneath them, there's no one going to be able to catch up to them. But if you look who's ahead of them, I don't see Utah giving up the ghost anytime soon. They like to play competitive basketball. They've won their last three. I mean, the Houston Rockets could slip out at any point in time, which is weird because they had, were hot and then they were cold. But I think we need to look at the long term of like what this means for the Golden State Warriors. And I don't think Draymond is on this team next year. You know, we've known about the division with Clay in the offseason leading into this year. It's just a wildly different team. It, they're not, and it's weird to say this, they're not fun to watch anymore. Mm, no. And they used to be the most fun you could get on League Pass. Like if there was a game going around and there was four games on, and I'd open up my NBA app and the Warriors were playing. Yeah, I just want to watch the Warriors. I just want to see Steph cook some. And he hasn't even been great, which is no. why, boys, that I'm bringing to the table for my potential trade talk for today, the hypothetical scenario of point guard rivals for many, many years, Kyrie Irving versus Steph Curry. Now, we're doing, and to give everyone, Kingy, the context of what we do every week, like the exercise that we do is these hypothetical trade situations, and we only use the basketball monster rankings for the past three weeks. We can look outside the box and we can see where they've been going over the past single week or two weeks or whatever, but we have to look at the collective exercise of the past three weeks. And over the past three weeks, Kyrie Irving has been the third-ranked player. And in the last week... He has been the number one ranked player in fantasy. Now, games are like in the last week is probably more balanced with this. He's played three and Steph has played three. But in the in the rankings this week, he's the number one player. In the past three weeks, Kyrie has been 
playing 33 minutes, Curry 31. Now, over the last three weeks, Kyrie was dinged up from there. That's kind of why this comes with a little bit of, boys, I'm not going to be like, this is why I think it could be a bit spicy because Mick, we were talking at trade earlier this season and, and you said you don't want to touch Kyrie with a 10-foot pole. Why do you say that when you think Steph? And this, this is why I brought it up as well. Why do you think that when Kyrie Irving's name gets mentioned? I, it just there's no consistency in games played for me over yep. the past couple of 100%. seasons. Whether it's injuries, whether it's mental health issues, whether it's because the Earth's round, not flat, you just don't know what you're going to get from Kyrie. And for me, in fantasy basketball, I love my players playing. So regardless yep. of whether I've got Jokic or whether I've got Kyrie. I'm going to pick Jokic every day of the week, not just because he's the better basketball player, but because I know he's going to play almost each and every night. So that that model of consistency for me is what gets me in fantasy basketball. And this guy, yes, his ceiling is quite high, but when he goes through a, a rut or a run and, you know, talks about the earth being flat and whatever else and save whoever from wherever and his mind goes elsewhere and he misses a few games, then – that doesn't help me win basketball games or games in my league. So, yeah, yeah. He's, he's one that's on my never-to-touch list. Yeah, and that's exactly why this is a really interesting trade because it's like a do-not-touch this. But when he does play, and he has played more consistently, or at least what's been interesting with Kyrie, he's come back sooner. Like, we've seen him get injured before King E, and he's taken a little bit of extra time and a little bit of extra time, or he's away from the team for short patches. He seems to have had legitimate injuries, but then he comes back and is fully engaged, which has made it really interesting for me to watch him. But also then to come across as the number one player in the last week as well is absolutely play. He's played since his return in the last three games, 30 minutes, 36 minutes on 30 points, 3.73s, eight rebounds, 4.7 assists, three steals a game, which has been incredible for him. Did I mention the 1.7 blocks? Exactly 500 from the floor. 500 from three and elite free throw shooting as you would expect. You've really got to dial it all the way back down for Steph Curry over the past week. And it doesn't look good when you look at it through Steph Curry as a lens there. Steph Curry over the last week has been the 99th ranked player. Mm-hmm. 30 points, 20, 30 minutes a game, 20 points, three threes, three rebounds, 5.5 assists, one, 0.8 steals in the field, 3.48. Like 34% from the field. I mean, yes, of course, elite free throw shooting, 952. But yeah, it's just we and then the exercise of this kingy is we vote. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I love Steph Curry more. But I'm gonna take Kyrie Irving in this trade. Yep. And horse, I assume you're going curry. Oh, give me curry every day of the week. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um <laughs> All right, so a tiebreaker. And he's one of the greatest. And 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 Mick's spot on because he is one of the greatest players to ever play, one of the greatest shooter that's ever played. So it seems like egregious not to take Steph almost by default. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we – I just don't think I can right now because if the Warriors go balls up and they just want to do it, we've seen them pull him for long periods of time as well. You're right. And if we're talking about the way the Warriors have been and what potentially could be coming, give it another loss of – five, six, seven losses in a row when they start to look like they're a lottery team. They'll pull Steph. They'll pull Clay. Start he, may to have play their rookies. he may have the Ben Simmonses. He, he may. Who knows? But in that case, Dallas are, are sitting nicely at the moment. They're going to be playing Kyrie a lot of the time. So yep. if we're talking about from that point of view, 
then it's Kyrie. But for me, the here is still right now. I still think Steph's playing every game until such time. Yeah. And with good players, this sort of form doesn't last forever. He'll There'll be a game where he comes out, he scores 50 or 60, and then he's back on. Yeah. Uh, so I think I, this is a tough one because I'm a little bit like like you, Horse. I'm not a Kyrie fan in fantasy. I tend to avoid him, even though I know that his upside is top five, top eight. Yeah. Um, so I think right now I'd go Steph, but come to me in a week or two because I, I, I just feel like Steph's going to bounce back. He's been so bad. I've got him on a team. I know how bad he's been. Um yeah. But knowing, look, we've seen him go through slumps before, and then he'll come out and, and blow up for fifty. And so at the moment, I've got I'm one st- for you. Yeah, I've got one for you. Then interesting enough, I actually did trade Steph away at the beginning of the season for Jason Tatum in one league. Mm-hmm. I'm I'd, really I'd, happy I'd take with that Tatum. Now. Yeah, I, I'd I'd go Tatum, even though I know they're probably oh, they're probably about even. I don't even know where they are in the the rankings. I'd still prefer Tatum in that one. Yeah, yeah. and so now, yeah, with hindsight being 2020, and I was, like, scared to give up Steph. Like, just like Mick, like, it's Steph Curry. Like, he's always going to bounce back. He's always going to be brilliant. So I was actually really hesitant, and I've won with him in my team before. So, you know, when when we're fantasy managers, we don't become tenured to these guys that have won us a chip but who do really well. And one of the guys that I know that I've won a chip with and has done really, really well for me too, Mick, is De'Aaron Fox. And, mate, you're bringing him to the table this week. Tell us about it. Yeah, I am. So we're going to talk about De'Aaron Fox v. Devin Booker here. So we'll go with Devin Booker first. So we've seen earlier in the season where Bill's been out and it's been basically the Durant and Bill show. Uh, sorry, Durant and Booker show. They're double-teaming Booker, they're double-teaming Durant, and then leaving everyone else to go, hey, if the rest of the team can beat us, then we'll live with that. And so far, they're barely a 500 team. So there's a little bit more pressure on Booker at the moment, but now that Bill's back, he's starting to play good basketball. I think this will start working in Booker's favour because the double teams will be less and less. But when we're talking about Booker v. Fox, we've got Booker, who's a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, try position player. 36 minutes a game at 23 points a game, 2.23s, 3.5 rebounds, just a tick over seven assists. 1.1 steals a game at 48 from the field. And Fox. So we've got Fox as a point guard, 35.5 minutes a game, 24 points per game, 3.1 threes per game, which is surprising. And that's probably the biggest part of his game that he's fixed this year. Four rebounds, five assists, 1.6 steals and 0.6 blocks on 45% from the field. His field uh, free throw percentage is still at 66% versus Booker's. That's a touch low for Booker at the moment at 81%. What I'm asking you guys, Booker has been in a bit of a lull the last probably two or three weeks. He's the 65th ranked player at the moment. And Darren Fox, surprisingly, after his hot start, is currently 73 over the last couple of weeks. Kingy, I'm going to ask you first. Right now, which way are you going? Oh, it's a close one. Uh, that mm. one actually, it's really tough. Um, I th- I think I'd probably go Booker. Um, it, it's I don't think you can go wrong either way. Like I think they're both going to have good seasons. Both teams are going to be pushing hard, so there's not really a shutdown risk, anything like that. Um, 
it's probably just Booker. I, I feel like his floor is slightly safer because of his percentages, um, especially from the free throw line. Like Fox can be a little bit hit or miss. He can be 70%, 80%, where Booker's 90 all the time. Uh, Booker's assists have looked good this year. Um, with Chris Paul gone. Jesus. Uh, yeah, so it's it's probably Booker, but it's it's a really close one. As I said, I don't I don't think you could go wrong, and I don't think there is a clear one here. Like I think this is one where you could make a case either way pretty easily. Yeah, and this is what's I think fun about this exercise. Each week we see how these trades and like I remember the first pod we did, and we were talking about this when I was talking to Mick today, and he was coming on. Yep. And the first one that I brought to the party was, "Do you want Carl Anthony Towns?" Or do you want Victor Wembenyama? And Wembenyama, of course, mm. got a triple-double today. But we now know that he's going to be capped at 24 minutes. He's not going to play back-to-backs. Like Mick said, he wants his guys to be able to play every game that's possible. And then no block shots today, which is what you hope for him. Like you hope for those mm-hmm. two or three or four. But he gets you like a triple-double in a ridiculous mm. 21 minutes. But yeah, okay, it's against the Pistons. But it's still impressive. It's still his first one. He got his game ball. And then I look back at this and I think about this. And maybe I have some PTSD because I had... Like I've traded for De'Aaron Fox before and I've just narrowly lost a league and because of his free throw percentage. And King, you hit it on the head. Like his free throws are at 700. I really like Booker as a potential MVP candidate to begin this year just to see him take a step up. Like just a sneaky kind of MVP quality season from him. Not that he would probably get it, but just because he's put that kind of, not value, but quality of play behind his work before on the court. And so I was really hoping from that. I'm In the last week, He's been plus – look, I'm going to just – and maybe because it's because I'm wearing the Phoenix Suns hat from the Phoenix Suns watch party um, or that it matches with my standard squeeze logo because it was orange. I don't know why I picked it, but this was um, – I'm, I'm, I'm going to say book. Only on percentages right now in the last week, narrowly, because I really like De'Aaron Fox, and he was the 166th-ranked player, according to Basketball Monster last week, and we all know – there is no fucking world where this guy is the 166 no. Be- no. best bloke. There's no way no. that exists. Like, you know, you can light the beam every day of the week and only when De'Aaron Fox is, 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 is who he is. So he is also the number one option in this team, whereas the number one option in Phoenix is interchangeable, which is not a ding, but as you said, Kingy, the playmaking, we, we like that from, we love that from book. And that's something that, sometimes is taken away from De'Aaron Fox with Sabonis in the lineup. And, and I know you're a big Sabonis fan, Mick, because of the mm-hmm. you know the playmaking and how the ball runs through him. So I'm going to say it's a bee stick difference between them for me, but I'm going to take Book. All I've right. got three, three from three there. Three there from three. Now, you guys don't you know make, mine. You make a good, no, gonna... we don't, but you, you make a good argument, Mick. Like, you make us think about that one. Uh, so we're going to bang mine out because both a few of us have to run out shortly. Okay, so Tyrese Maxey, Desmond Bain. Um, I threw, like, so Bain, obviously, coming into the season, he was sort of a bit of a a breakout, kind of a breakout candidate because Morant was going to be out for a little while and we thought once Morant is back, he'll sort of just take a little step back. He'll still be really good. But it's his team now, uh, all season. Um, Mm -hmm. Tyrese Maxey has taken the steps that we thought he would uh, this season. If we look at – so I pulled up their numbers from the last three weeks. Uh, Desmond Bain is 23rd in nine category and Tyrese Maxey's 49th, 
I think, from memory. Yeah, 49th. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it's just his efficiency has has come down a little bit. He, he's generally a, a relatively efficient player. But, I mean, the numbers are fine. 26.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, almost 7 assists, 1.2 steals, 0.6 blocks. So it's just his percentages that are that have dragged him down. Uh, yeah. I think if you... If you just said to anyone, where are they? They'd say, oh, they're like top 30 guys, top 25 guys. So with the Jar Morant news, would you go Bane? Like I think if we'd asked a week ago, you'd probably go Tyrese Maxey. Now would you go Bane because of Jar Morant being out? Yes. Yes, purely because the ball is the same with Philadelphia. Like the ball's going to live in Tyrese's hands until – Big Joel comes back and then basically the offense runs through him. But at the Grizzlies, who's the second option beside Bain now? Triple J. It's not Bismack Biombo. It's not Bismack anymore. Not no. Um, you've got you've got Luke Kennard off ball. You've got Marcus Smart who can either, you know, get hot, really hot, or can't hit water out of a boat. Yeah. And then you've got Santi Aldama. Like I anticipate his numbers to his assist numbers to increase by maybe two, two and a half a game now. But yeah, with increased, I guess, usage, his uh, percentages may come down as well. So if we're talking statistics wise, I think it's Bane. If we're talking overall, I'm probably still picking Maxi. All right. G. Mm. I hate you, Kingy. Hmm. I, I, while you think, I'll, I'll just, I, I would probably go Bain now, and and I think as as you alluded to there, horse, I think, I think with Jargon, his assist numbers bump up. I think that's the difference for me. He goes from probably four, four and a half to six assists, and that would be the difference between them. But I think now they're probably a lot closer in that category. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And and so I would just go and and look as you said with fantasy managers, we. We hang on to things, good experiences that we've had. And I got Bane in that breakout season that he had two years ago. Um, I think yeah. I got him with my last pick or something, and he was he was awesome huge. that year. So, oh, he was huge. So I remember that. And so I, I Matrix, Matrix, mate, hasn't let us every, – every time we do a pod with Matrix over at Insight, doesn't he, Mick, every single time he goes, I remember when I drafted Desmond Bane with the last pick <laughs> and I said, everybody watch it because I'm a Grizzlies fan. He sounds like that old man just brandishing a cane, being like, I told you about Desmond Bane from the beginning. That's exactly and he's been how great. it sounds. Yeah. It's exactly his voice. I've done it really, really well. Uh, look, I am I would be a liar if I don't take Bane because yep. my argument was that on percentages alone, that's why it was going to take Booker because they was looking a lot better than Mm-hmm. then it was looking a lot better than Fox. And I think it's pretty much the same. Like in the last three games, and he was hitting 570, but he's actually, his field goal percentage has been re- is on the ramp up lately as well. And that was with Jar playing. So he's had a good one. He's had a bad one without Jar. But you're right, Mick, like the ball's going to move through him. We all know Marcus Smart likes to think that it's the Marcus Smart show at times and and try and take over. It's not always going to be the case. And it's not generally, but to get data walk away with, 11 from 17, where he has to be the driving force behind this team. Yeah, it was 400 from the field, but eight from nine from the line, two threes, 32 points, nine rebounds, four. I just want the peripherals to bump up from him. And then he just goes, like, he just goes really to another elite level. Because the one thing that I like about Tyrese Maxey is that he's always just getting, like, some, he's getting, he, oh, maybe I take Maxey. Look, I this am. is the thing. 
this is this is because Maxi gets steals for me, and I like that. So this is where I'm torn. I'm gonna say Bain because of the upside to Jar, but my heart probably says Tyrese just because I like I like a guy who can get me these steals, and I think that he's. I'll make you know what, fuck it. I'm gonna go Maxi. I'm just gonna go Tyrese because you know what. I think his turnovers are going to drop down when Joel's back in the lineup as well, and they have shown that. So I think that that gets a bump. They're both elite free throw shooters. Yeah, give me Tyrese. I like his NBA. I like his NBA cares ads. I'm going to go Tyrese. God, we're sick of them. Um, (laughs) Yes. No. Look, another another real close one. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, some good matchups again today. Um, I'm going to let you boys go because I need to get out of here as well. Um, Thank you for coming on, G. I'll see you again next week. Horse, we'll have you on again Absolutely. at some point in the next few weeks probably. There's only a limited amount of Australian analysts who are up at this time. So um, we'll get you back on. We might even get you and uh, and Skitty on and we'll do – we'll go a four-way maybe. Um, oh, love that. So yeah. much more love getting around. Yeah. So many right. loves. So thank you, boys, for coming on. Uh, that will do it for today's show. Remember to check out all of our content at fbibasketball.com. Uh Follow us on on uh, YouTube, thumbs up, subscribe, like, all of that stuff. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Until next time, catch up. See ya. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.